Welcome to Printing Profits. What's the difference between a business and a brand? Well, for starters, a business is anything that exchanges products or services for money, but a brand is the personality of your business that your customers can connect to. Think of it like this. A business is sales-focused, but a brand is community-focused. And if there's one person who understands the value of building a brand and community with print-on-demand, it's Joe Robert. Welcome to Printing Profits. I'm Talish Suffer. As the founder of POD Ninjas, the largest Facebook group of POD merchants in the world, Joe Robert is a household name when it comes to e-commerce. His YouTube channel boasts over 87,000 subscribers and over 4 million views, and his online course has helped his students collectively earn over $5 million in sales. Joe, thanks for joining me today. Yeah, of course, Talish. For a lot of merchants, you know, that, that first hump uh, when they get their store started is just trying to get your products to sell. Uh, but say my products are selling and my customers sure. like my products. Why is building a community or a brand useful to me at all? I think ultimately the, the term brand to me um, is not, you know, you making a logo, attaching it mm -hmm. to your site, uh, and then having like recognition there. The, the, the term brand to me means building a space for your niche, right? If you can build a really cool site uh, where your niche feels like when they purchase products from you that they are joining your team or, you know, they're joining your club or something like that. When they follow you on social media, that's them essentially joining your club, your team. To me, that's, that's when the magic happens with a print-on-demand store. Um, if you are just creating, you know, simple designs, throwing them out there on the internet, you'll you'll probably make some sales. But mm. the true way to actually scale, like the people that you see out there uh, that are that are really making good money from print on demand, are creating something that they can use for the long term, and that's because they have a community built around their products. So, what's an example of someone who thinks that they have a working niche, but they don't really? And what do they have to do after that? Sure, I, I think when it comes to Choose, choosing a niche, like I said before, that's the first step in you know making sure that you have a winning product. One of the biggest mistakes um, I think that people do is they start their print-on-demand store and they think they have a niche and they and they really don't. Um, to me, a niche is defined as uh, a group of people that share an interest. It's a skill they have. It's a hobby they do. It's a job they have, or something uh, like that. And you know, ultimately, something that sometimes people do is they'll start a store called like printedlegging.com. And then they'll make a whole bunch of like abstract patterns um, and they'll put them on the leggings and they'll try to sell them. And like I said before, you know, people on social media are not shopping. If they are just kind of coming across these abstract design leggings, mm -hmm. um, there's no difference between those and, you know, a legging on Lululemon or Nike or something like that. And there's no reason for someone to make an impulse purchase. Um, on the flip side, what you should do is choose a niche. A, a passion that someone has or a hobby they do or a job they have, right? Imagine the same scenario, but the design on the leggings is all about being a nurse for mm. a job. Different symbols on the pair of leggings that represent the nurse niche. Maybe on the thigh, there's like a quote or something like that. Or maybe the design is about loving horses. And then someone who's scrolling through social media sees the legging uh, and it relates to them on an emotional level and causes them to want to actually make a purchase on it. 
So then how do, how then does your product choice get influenced by your niche? I know you said that it's it's about creating your designs, making sure your designs are applicable, but when that comes down to your products, uh, how do you how do you use that? Sure. I think this is um may, maybe like the magic behind this this term brand, right? Mm-hmm. As as print on demand sellers, we have access to literally hundreds of products, potentially thousands. Um, (laughs) And some of them are really awesome. And depending on your niche, you could think a little bit strategically about what you're selling to create something awesome. For example, let's say that you created a store, uh, maybe you called it mancavemats.com. And then you choose print on demand doormats. Printify has several different options of little rugs that you could use as a doormat. And you create designs that would be relevant for the man cave space, different things like hunting or gambling or playing poker or video games or whiskey and beer Mm -hmm. drinkers and things like that. And before you know it, you have an entire store where someone that's interested in one of those things can choose something that's really cool for their man cave. Or let's say that your niche is grilling and you choose print on demand aprons and you create a store where people can get a really cool print on demand apron for themselves to reflect something that they love. That is ultimately where brands are built. When you choose a unique product for someone in your niche to buy that they don't normally see being sold to them online. Well, you know, we talk about this idea that like, you know, a business is sales focused, but a brand mm-hmm. is is community focused. Um, would you say that building a brand starts by building a community first? Or is there another way that a seller can start to build their brand? Mm. I mean, I think again, it, it comes down to your niche. You know, mm-hmm. if you're if you're trying to build a brand, really what that means is you're just building a store in a niche and you're positioning yourself sort of as the expert. So Mm. uh, example, let's say that I'm someone that loves to go hunting. Um, I could create a store. I could call it huntingmerch.com. And that's my brand, right? And and the brand comes to life with my designs. Um, the brand comes to life with how I'm positioning myself on social media, the, the content that I'm posting, the content that I'm curating, the things that I'm sharing. And as people who are interested in hunting discover my products, discover my social media pages, that's ultimately when the brand you know comes to life. I don't want people to think you know that this term brand or something like that is is something bigger than than it is because really it comes down to do you have you know a nice store with great products on it and are you actively growing a, a fan base for lack of better words so you're essentially what you're trying to do is like kind of establish a relationship with your audience yeah definitely definitely yeah that's totally it that's the right word probably is is relationship right a, a, an integrated piece or an integrated you know place inside of the community is is where the brand actually happens but this this strategy is one um, that I've that I've used to to really make the difference um, in terms of, you know, taking a brand from an okay level to to a level that is, you know, truly sustainable. And um, if you can get into influencer marketing and, and you can begin to have like other people on social media promoting your products to you, to their own audiences, that's, that's how you can take a brand to the next level, right? Because that's when you have not only yourself promoting it, but others are too, right? right. And there's credibility there. Um, you're able to use other people's audiences, you know, to, to, to reach more customers. And, you know, just to clarify, sometimes when I say, 
influencer marketing, I think sometimes have a, you know, people have a tendency to think <laughs> that I'm talking about like Kardashians or um, <laughs> like swimsuit models sure. or fitness models or something like that. But, you know, the example I give all the time is like, let's say you're in the gardening niche. Mm -hmm. um, you're really just looking for someone that's named like Becky on Instagram. And maybe her <laughs> account is Becky Gardens and she has 32,000 followers and you can bring her on board. You can send her a free sample of your gardening hoodie. And now she's on Instagram in front of her 30,000 followers promoting your brand. That's ultimately to me, um, like what I sometimes call the pinnacle of a print on demand store. If you can reach that level, then you're likely doing something really cool. A lot of times, you know, what I hear from people is that designs or stores that are successful, uh, rely on them creating a emotional connection, either through their designs or through their products or, you know, the way that they market their store. Does, does creating an emotional connection also play a part in developing a brand or growing a community? Yeah. I mean, whenever I'm teaching people about POD, the way that I sort of frame it up is that when you're selling on social media, um, you're, you're, you're doing something very unique. You are selling to a group of people who are not shopping, mm -hmm. right? When people are on social media, yeah. they're looking at pictures of their friends. Uh, they're looking at pictures of their friends' kids. They're looking mm -hmm. at pictures of their friends' pets or their friends' vacations or whatever, right? Yeah. They're not, they're not shopping. And that means that we need to give them a reason to be interested in our print-on-demand hoodies or our print-on-demand shoes or our print-on-demand blankets or, or whatever the product is. Um, that reason, in a lot of cases, is just like you said, some sort of an emotional connection to what you're selling. Um, right. In plain words, that just means your niche, right? You need to make sure that you're choosing a niche that people are passionate about. It could be a hobby, a job, maybe a skill that they have, maybe a nationality that they have, or something like that, that is going to create an emotional response, which could lead to them making an impulse purchase to ultimately support your brand. So yeah, I think emotional uh, selling is really the name of the game. If you can do that, that's the start of your brand. How do you track something like that? How do you, how do you measure that a brand or a community is, is being built? How do you, how do you know that, that, that it's working for you in your favor? Yeah. I mean, if we're talking strictly metrics, mm -hmm. like the first one would be sales, right? If you're, if you're not selling anything, well, then the brand's not growing, you right. know? And then the second metric would just be followers, right? If you're on TikTok or Facebook or Instagram or even Pinterest, Pinterest is a really big platform for certain niches as well. Um, if, the, if you're not gaining in followers, then you're not growing, right? And then likewise, like I said before, if you're not selling, well, then your brand's also not growing. Yeah. Say I have a community in place. They know my store. Sure. They know my products. They might even know me personally through my social media. Am, am I a brand yet? Yeah. I mean, theoretically, yes. Um, I, I think, again, like I said before, I don't want to overcomplicate the term brand or again, like make it something it's not. To me, brand means like building your own place to sell your niche related products. Then if you have the community to go along with it, then yes, you, you know, you are a brand, right? If we think about, you know, a company uh, like Nike, for example, that's a brand. They have a website. They likely have millions of people around the world that are a part of their community who like their products. And that is when it comes down to it, what makes them a brand. So Talish, I don't know uh, what you're interested in. Maybe you are interested in gardening and, yeah. you know, instead of Becky gardens, it's Talish gardens and <laughs> you're on Instagram and you're out there pruning your tomato plants. And you're also selling, you know, tomato hoodies. Like that's, that's your brand, right? And whatever your store is called doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, Talish's gardening store or something. It can be anything you want, but yes, like that's ultimately how I would define brand. Hmm. 
What are some ways that uh, some sellers can incorporate that level of uh, branding, in, like actually into their products, like branding their products? Mm. I mean, a lot of times there are going to be opportunities for actually like physical branding additions, mm -hmm. right? So with Printify, uh, you guys recently added custom branding inserts mm -hmm. into certain products. You could certainly use those to drive your brand. Um, at times, I've even actually included my store's logo in the design. I think if it makes sense, you can do that. Like, for example, if you're selling a hoodie. Uh, maybe on the sleeve right here, you can have your store's brand or maybe somewhere on the back or something like that. It, you could incorporate the brand into it. And then again, that just supports, you know, like, like branding, like you said. Yeah. Boy, I got to tell you, Joe, if this, if this was a drinking game where uh, somebody had to take a shot every time they heard the word brand, uh, they wouldn't be in good shape <laughs> as sure. far as this interview is going, which leads me to this question. Is there such a thing as too much of a focus of branding for a store? Yeah, I mean, I think sometimes people go crazy with it where, you know, you go on their site and, you know, every every two seconds or every two inches as you're scrolling through uh, the website, you see their logo. Mm -hmm. uh, or maybe you go on to their social media page and every single post is a product photo or mm -hmm. something like that. I think that in that sense, yeah, there there is, you know, potential for someone to put too much focus on the brand. I see a lot of people, you know, as they're starting their store, they'll kind of go through and, you know, create 35 different versions of their logo or, you know, they'll spend months just trying to think of the perfect name. And ultimately your name just needs to be niche relevant. And, and so does your logo, you know, other, other than that, I don't think you really could go over too overboard with branding because yeah. branding is a good thing. You know, if you go on the Printify app, you see colors, right? You see certain fonts that are being used. You see the logo in different spots. Ultimately, those are things that make up Printify's branding and you should sort of try to replicate that with your own store as well. Well, before I let you go here, I want to take uh, the opportunity to find out the story behind your brand because, or at least one sure. of them, because uh, a lot of people know you through POD Ninjas. Uh, so what is the story behind that and, and how did that turn into a brand? I mean, POD Ninjas honestly happened a little bit by accident. I'm not going to go into specific details. Um, <laughs> I was actually banned from um, another print-on-demand provider's Facebook group oh, wow. um, years ago. And again, not going to go into specific sure. uh, details uh, just because I don't want to name the company. But um, I was uh, really big into doing product reviews. Um, mm -hmm. I was constantly reviewing products. I was posting videos. I was posting photos of different samples uh, that I was receiving. And um, I was also beginning to sort of take on um, clients at the same time. I was running Facebook ads for people. Um, I had a se several different people who I was running Facebook and Instagram ads for them to help them to sell products. And I was banned from uh, this other group. And I still wanted to make product reviews. I enjoyed creating product reviews. So I created my own group, um, <laughs> which now has, you know, at this time, almost 75,000 people in it. Wow. Um, I started also uploading my uh, product reviews to YouTube. Um, and now on YouTube, I'm over 90,000 subscribers. And um, that's where POD Ninjas was born. It happened because I was banned uh, <laughs> from this other group. Yeah. Um, and it ultimately has transformed into something that I would have never imagined that it could have. Definitely. Well, hey, we're glad that it did, man, because honestly, you're a you're you're a beacon of light for a lot of people who want to get this right and proof that it does work if you if you if you sure. do it well, if you, you know, put in the time, you know? 
Sure. Yeah. Like I said, it really comes down to having that winning product, which is, you know, the perfect combination of your niche, your product choice, if you're in desi your designs, if you don't have that, then you really don't have something that someone's going to want to buy in, in my opinion and in my experience. Fair enough. Well, Joe, thanks so much for sharing your experience with us today. We really sure. appreciate it. Of course. This is Printing Profits. Hey folks, thanks again for listening to Printing Profits. We'd like to thank Joe for sharing his story with us today and at the same time introduce you to the talented team behind this program. Executive producer, Laura Jalvite, Associate producer, Anita Njoki. Technical and video productions, Emil Yasuns and Valerius Olechno. Sound production, Christers Hartmanis. And I'm Talish Suffer. See you next time.